Enemy power-up detected. This is Incoming Missile, a MechWarrior Online podcast. Greetings MechWarriors, this is Cozend Indigo and Captain Cat bringing you a bonus episode of the podcast. Once again we are bringing you our reaction to uh, and our thoughts on the recent Dev Update podcast with Russ uh, on the NGNG channels. Now if you haven't heard that podcast, we'd really encourage you to check that one out. Uh, you will find that on the No Guts No Galaxy Twitch or on their YouTube channels. Uh, the episode that we are doing today does assume uh, that you have heard what Russ had to say about MechWarrior Online uh, and the basic direction of the game. Now for this conversation we are extremely lucky to be joined by Bearclaw, uh, who if you don't know is a, a pretty much a mainstay of the community. Uh, he is a Twitch streamer, a high level comp player and yeah an all round nice guy. Uh, he's got a really good understanding of, you know, not only the mechanics of the game itself, uh, but a real in-depth understanding of the community. Uh, and he's got some pretty astute opinions on the announcement that Russ made, so it was uh, great to have him along. Uh, so between Bear uh, and, of course, Captain Cat, who also has a fantastic uh, understanding of the game and the stuff that surrounds it, we had a, a bloody good conversation, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, as much as we enjoyed talking about it. And uh, as always, before we start, a big thank you to our patrons, uh, Dan N, John Doe Iowa, Jacob Sawyer, Shaky Snake, Brios, Chill Gapson, uh, and our good friends over at MWO Comp. Your support absolutely rocks, uh, and if you did want to support us in more tangible ways, like these amazing mech warriors, uh, you can become a patron for as little as $2 per month. So look for us on Patreon. Right, let's get into it. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, We won't give too much preamble uh, into this one as we uh, highlighted in the intro. Uh, We are going to have a quick chat about the podcast uh, that was released yesterday by NGNG TV, uh, where Russ gave a bit of an update on the development of MWO. Uh, And of course, we are lucky enough to be joined by none other than Bearclaw. How are you, man? doing all right and of course my partner in cry captain cat how are you dude yeah good right a couple of topics that we are going to bite off from yesterday and uh let's talk firstly about i guess russ and what he was like he was uh pretty clear pretty lucid uh pretty honest what did you guys think about that i just wish he had been like that more often because (laughs) so many so many times in the past you know he's he's hyped things up and then it's gotten filtered through and it comes out something else. And, you know, we all get disappointed about that. Yeah. And I feel like this, this straightforward way was, is a more preferred way for everyone. Even if it's, it just makes a bunch of memes, I think it's, it's worthwhile to have an honest and straightforward approach about how you develop things, how things are going. It's always a good thing. Just a touch of resentment that it was Friday and he wasn't allowed to have a beer. <laughs> he's pretty good about it i think and um yeah I, like i liked the honesty i thought it was uh, so much easier to accept um and understand even if you don't agree and i think that's probably what you're getting to be a claw that yeah people always make memes people always disagree uh but they will at least appreciate and respect that you've been honest about it and i really liked the way that he went about it it was forthright um he didn't shy away from uh some of the questions in chat he kind of took them straight on and i thought it was much better for that must be quite a scary proposition for some of the people that work there to have him have a uh, free reign of a live mic because he does tend to wander i suspect off off the topic off the show notes and ramble into dangerous territory where he's just putting ideas out there that might be a bit scary for some yeah for paul in particular probably all right so other than uh, russ's communication which i thought was was pretty good uh, as one of the takeaways from that podcast it was probably two general topics that I think were covered. It was probably a little bit less maybe than, than people expected, but um, they talked uh, about faction play uh, and their continued commitment to faction play. 
And then the second thing that they talked about generally was monetization uh, of MechWarrior and, and its future. Uh, so specifically they were talking about mech packs uh, and they were talking about changes to MechCon and the world champs. So uh, if you want, if we could start with uh, faction play, Beckle, what do you think about uh, the, the talk about faction play and Russ basically saying, you know, we're going to get it to a state where it can be kind of the premier mode in the game? Well, I like that idea that they're, you know, they're committed to this and they're committed to fixing it. I can, I can appreciate that because, I mean, I don't play much faction play and it'd be nice to go in there and not see the same thing over and over again. You know, these, these strange things that keep happening in, instead of these bland invasion matches, maybe these fixes that they're throwing in will, will fix that. And maybe I'll go back to playing it and not being you know, completely bored while I'm doing so. It's always a good thing. He he said it was um, one of the key things that I took out of the start of what he was said about it was that it was communicated very robustly in the forums. What did you think about that? Yeah, I like the fact that they're they're having an open conversation with the community about what needs to be changed. But all of this ultimately comes down to is what are they going to do with all of this information? because that's that's a big thing it's it's not necessarily what we say it's how they execute what yeah. we've done or what we've said and how they responded to it i mean i think that they went in with some really good intentions to uh you know give these weekly progress updates on the faction play and things and and of course people are busy and it just didn't eventuate to be exactly every week and what was there could be very sparse, and uh, what was communicated was general, I guess you'd say. And then when it comes to the actual implementation of faction play, what was wrong with it was not general, it was specific. It was, you know, not being able to see what the population of each uh, faction was, for example. And that is not something that you can get out of just reading a little, you know, 100 words um, progress update we're not going to be able to see oh they're going to do it that way damn we better we better let them know that that's just not going to work at this time so that they can get in there and fix it so i think it's it's not quite it doesn't tell the whole story to say it was communicated really robustly in the forums because what was communicated obviously wasn't and perhaps couldn't be but what was communicated wasn't what was delivered and this, this is the challenge, I guess, if your communication plan is to use the forum, you're automatically limited by that medium because only a certain number of people are going to go to the forums and do it. And as you say, Kat, maybe it doesn't come through what they're trying to say, let alone what, what people are trying to feed back. I mean, my question, Bea, you talked about really, is the execution uh, what it needs to be? Does Does Paul have... I guess the vision of faction play, does he have the strategic outlook in his head to make faction play what the players want? I would almost say he needs to come to share that that vision with the community. He's always been very afraid of, you know, taking feedback and putting it in the game because he's uncertain and he's not confident that it'll be what he wants or what, you know, his his development team can do. And that's, mm. I think, the core of this, this, you know, lack of communication or we'll just take what we can get from you guys and we might not take the whole thing. And that's, that's kind of where these inconsistencies between what we say and how they do it and what they can do. Yeah, it's almost like the community feedback and then Paul and the team have to interpret it and then produce something, and then the community feedback once the product's out there. And it doesn't, it's not particularly iterative, if you know what I mean, because sometimes they make a change and they've had to commit to a certain engineering or investment cost wise and they can't roll it back. So I just, this way of, of getting faction play to something that the players really want, this, this, it doesn't seem particularly iterative. It's just like, okay, we're going to try and understand what you want, then we're going to produce something, and then you can feed back, but we're, we're going to be limited in the changes we can make. My instinct is that a lot of these development projects that we've seen through the years, and some of them have come and gone, um, like they got put in the game and then withdrawn and in, in things like that, or put in the game and then changed a lot <clears throat> through multiple patches. 
that they're kind of passion projects. They're someone has an idea, um, like Paul has an idea of uh, a thing that he wants to do, and they you know do a bit of investigation. How much time is this going to cost us? You know, blah 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 blah, and then they go through with it, and then it does the execution doesn't work, and that that's when they sort of seem to kind of run out of ideas. Like they haven't got any plan B. They haven't they haven't really put the time in to decide whether it's definitely going to work if the idea is going to is 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 what's the word that i want basically if it's a viable product at the end they've they've put in the, the work to decide how much development time it's going to do and how much it's going to cost and whether that's worth it and all that kind of stuff i suspect but i think they not i think they're somewhat lacking when it comes to actually predicting whether something's going to be working that makes sense you know it's i mean if you're going to run a successful project or or implement something then the period before you roll out is really important you know getting getting the opinions getting the making sure that the the users have fed in uh, and that the product that you're going to produce is what the users want and passion projects are a really good way to describe it basically because without a doubt they're passionate about the game but maybe that um, passion blinds them a little bit and some of the project management stuff uh, falls over that they don't as you say maybe have a strategic plan for uh, change or if they need to roll back those things maybe aren't factored in when they 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 start on the journey start on the passion project and um, you know once it's built then it becomes too late to go back and, and make those changes that they should have uh, investigated to start with mm. i've heard other studios talk about having a really draft versions of their ideas and then they just sort of throw it in the ring for everyone to have a go at where they you know, it doesn't matter if all the mechs are just cubes and um, it's, you know, there's no map. But as long as you can get a sense of the the change in action and everyone can have a go at it and just get a feel for whether it works roughly or not before they even start. You know, this is, you know, someone commits a couple of days to getting a very, very, very draft version of it out and, and give it a go. And I really feel like they don't do something like that. They don't. They don't fire it through to, you know, playtesting. At a very early stage, it's you know they they do it. They f- they finish it. They polish it, and then they put it in playtesting. And maybe it's not there, as they imagined it. Do you think that's where the gap is, Beer? That um, you know, the the reason that maybe things aren't executed quite the way that the community would want is because maybe that their change process isn't maybe project managed well enough that it does. Uh, it starts as a passion project. It's like someone trying to make a certain mech work with a bad build. You know, it's just it's just not going to work. You know, you need to do a little bit more work in the mech lab um, to optimize it a little bit more. Does do you think that maybe happens a little bit with these passion projects, as Kat calls them? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, it it goes from as he said. You know, they they polish it, they finish it, and then they expose it to us. Is why hasn't the community been you know shown at least what's happening or what's going on or you know, why isn't the community the internal testing part? Why aren't there more public test servers? These these questions start to pop up when, you know, they they throw things in a patch and we see it for the first time and we're like, why why is this here? The questions and all the frustration comes out because we've had no interaction with this thing yeah. that just pops up and now it's here and now we have to deal with it. And it's a it's a funny thing. I was going to say, I think PGI would say in this case, if they were here in the room, they would say that they did communicate it. We did communicate it. You know, we did put up posts on the forums. We did um, do a couple of rounds of PTSs for this. I know I, I did actually have a go at the Faction Play PTS um, through much suffering uh, to actually get a game. But I, and I noticed some things that were missing or wrong or broken, but I thought that those things were you know, known to be missing or broken or wrong because it was a PTS and that they would be sort of fixed up. You know, the reason that content wasn't there was because it was just a, you know, a rough draft. But then when it came around to it, actually those things weren't in the in the release. And I think that's the core problem. It's it's what point in the journey that they're getting the feedback and they really need to get the feedback from the subject matter experts at a point bef- before so that they can, you know, it can guide the design. You know, they, they don't want to be getting feedback 
when you're past a certain point of no return, when there's certain things that you can't change. And I think that's what's missed a little bit is that we get PTSs when it's 90% done rather than getting PTSs when it's 10% done and you're really trying to build your user cases. You know, you're, you're trying to explore um, some things that you want faction play to be. And I guess to bring this full circle, that's kind of why I asked this question around can Paul execute um, through this iterative process that Russ talked about yesterday because uh, is there the necessary approach to make it happen? And does he have the vision in his head? Can he communicate that to the players to say, this is where we want faction play to be. Tell us how to get there. That's what seems to be missing for me. And that's why I worried a little bit with that announcement around faction play to say, okay, well, you know, there's going to be at least three months more dev time to get it right. I mean, is three months enough? And, you know, even if three months was enough to do it, you know, does, is Paul's vision uh, sufficient to get there in three months? I feel like this is where where Paul presents us with an idea and he, he gives us, we, he wants us to give feedback on that idea. And then if that idea doesn't work out, then he presents us with a new idea. Yeah. Notice that there's no, you know, drafting in, <laughs> Oh, maybe the community's right. It's, it's always, okay, here's yeah. an idea, feedback, here's an idea, feedback. Yeah. And that's, that's the big reason that most of these things are just, you know, they pump something out. We're just like, okay, uh, this is wrong. That's wrong. Fix yeah. it. And then they come out. This is all wrong. What are you doing? It's the same yeah. story. Such a fair comment. There's not a cycle to feedback. And, and there's no point giving feedback if, if there's not a cycle. You know, if you can't give feedback and then the person takes it on and then comes back and tells you what they've done about it, then there's no point giving the feedback in the first place because you can't trust uh, that, that anything's going to be done about it. So yeah, I mean, that's, for me, that's probably my main worry about whether faction play will get to where it needs to be because I like the idea that it's the, um, a, the premier game mode uh, and, you know, quick play is, is just something supplementary to that. I'm fine with that because I enjoy faction play, but I just, three months doesn't seem enough time to get faction play uh, to the point where, you know, everyone in the community or most of the community is going to want to embrace it and play it. I mean, they were, they're careful to say that the scope was very limited on what they could actually do they're not they're not when they say that they're going to put this more development time in they're not really talking about adding a bunch more features or really any huge amounts of dev time beyond what i guess they've been using on the previous months and paul did post up i don't know if you guys read through or skimmed through the um you know the the post release notes of step by step what they were going to do to fix it and that was really good. And I think, you know, the unfortunate part about this conversation is it's all fair and it's all, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but this, the, uh, this particular case is one where they've actually gone above and beyond what they've done before to um, make a special effort to communicate what they were going to do and, 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 and done a much, much better job than previously. It's just still not good enough. That's, that's the sad part. And yeah, so he to come back to that, he has um, laid out kind of a roadmap of the the features and and stuff that he thinks absolutely needed to be done to get faction play sort of working, and um, when they when they're going to be done by, how much, you know, which ones will require patching and work, and which ones can be done straight away. Some of them have been done straight away, and faction play is much better off for those changes that have already been put on. You know, the short cycles, scouting, you know, to play three weeks of scouting mode <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that so there is some positives there definitely to that process yeah it, it's it's a good point um captain cat and it, it, i guess it's um not to say that what they haven't done thus far is appreciated um or what they have done thus far isn't going in the right direction i guess the question more becomes is is three months enough time of what what we would assume is not full time dev work, um, given what we've seen? And, and yeah, we certainly appreciate how how it's come and that what they're doing at the moment is probably better than previous. But I mean, I haven't been around long enough to judge this. But how long have they been trying to get faction play right? Uh, and can we be confident, particularly given some of the some of the other stuff that we're about to talk about with the future of the game? Can we be confident that three months is enough time to to get it where it needs to be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty egregious on that. It, it seems like that's it's it's come down to the wire now. It, it's sort of 
like like what Cousin said, it's it's sort of is it enough time now or is it too little too late? Because faction play has been here for a while and it's been in a nasty state for a long time. And I'm just curious that I well, I wouldn't say curious, I would say I'm cautious to say that three months is enough time because from what it seems or what you know I've seen as you know playing this game for however long I was does three months add up to anything in terms of development time? Will we see a change? I think you need to set your sights nice and low and you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really think that, that is that true. Be... That is true. <laughs> I think that three months, you know, from reading those notes that Paul put out already, that three months pretty much covers what he has talked about already. And then there'll be a few more bits and pieces thrown in on top of that. So three months is going to get us his vision at the outset kind of, you know, workable, playable, you know, and, and finished, so to speak. It's not, I don't think it's, it's an, they're, they're saying that they're going to get us anything really much beyond that at all. It's, it's going to be what they've talked about and with his, you know, himself and his three staff or whatever he's got left and to work on this, just chipping away at it and releasing little patches to you know, get us the population of each faction before you choose which faction you're going to go. For example, that's something that's going to, you know, he said is going to require dev time and they're going to have to, you know, make a little UI for it, that sort of thing. Um, so next month we might get that. And then the month after that, we'll get some other small feature. I don't, I don't think it's going to be transformative. It's not going to be a whole new world, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah, fair points, Captain. I think um, you've made some pretty good points in there. And yeah, personally, I guess so. I'm hopeful. Maybe my expectations are low, but uh, yeah, I do have kind of sceptical hippo eyes at um, at some other stuff. And yeah, I, I will hope and let's hope Faction Play can uh, carry the game forward. Right, let's move on uh, to probably what is the bigger topic to come out of the uh, podcast yesterday. And uh, I summed that up by saying that it was around monetization. Uh, specifically, uh, there was two things that Russ covered and talked about. Uh, both relating to monetization. Uh, the first one was the mech pack cycle, uh, and then the second one was changes to uh, MechCon and uh, the World Champs. Uh, and some of the things that they talked about changing are both in an effort to uh, influence their monetization, uh, and that was probably the the point that was, was most telling, I guess, was maybe the honesty uh, and how forthright Russ was about uh, MechWarrior Online and where it was positioned from a monetization point of view. I personally, I found that really refreshing. Um, I, I enjoyed his honesty around that, but it, it certainly threw up some questions. We can talk about that in general, but let's firstly talk about the mech packs and what you guys think about that. Um, you know, in short, uh, we have had a, effectively a monthly mech pack cycle and a whole lot of dev time and investment to make sure that a new mech is released every month. They're going to stop that, and we're going to get mech releases, but they're going to be periodic um, with no set schedule. So what were your thoughts on that, guys? I, I feel like it's a good step because as as time goes on, I think Russ mentioned this, you know, they haven't seen a lot of profit from it is because it's been coming out so right every month. Even even Darren mentioned this, that it's it's a bit of catch up every time mm-hmm. a new mech comes out that, oh, I got to skill this now. I got to spend the time to grind all this stuff out. And it's it's a game of catch up, and I feel like that was the the big drawback to monthly mech packs is that yeah there there's content but we have to grind with this content we're just adding more and more time to this already arduous process of grinding mechs dealing with the skill tree and all of this other stuff that that comes along with it yeah it's cool but it presents a bunch of work we have to do before we see the end result of a fully skilled mech or a build that works. And that's that's where things get interesting, is that I hope as they slow the mech packs down, maybe people will come to realize, oh, this mech looks good, or this mech seems interesting, or they're paying attention and they're listening to us. We want this mech, and they're giving us this mech, and yeah. stuff like that. And that's that's a really big deal, is slowing the content down as not to spam somebody to death with mechs and fill their mech bays up, and then suddenly I have 20 unskilled mechs I don't want to play because the new mech is out. 
<laughs> yeah, such a good point, eh? That um, quantity has a quality all of its own. And if they were just stuck in this pell-mell race, development race, uh, every month, and if every month was crunch for them to get the new one out, you would think that if they ease up on that, then you get better quality and, and more thought-through releases um, so that when they do hit, they're, they're much more impactful. I mean, Captain Cat? I mean, yeah, it is um, pretty relentless, isn't it? And you could almost gauge how good a mech is, the monthly mech is on my Yowsless stats <laughs> because there's some that <laughs> I have, you know, I'm trying to level those seven or eight mechs and it's um, really tanking my scores that month to, to do that. And I think that what where it really becomes a bit of a grind is when the mechs start feeling very similar. Like it's like, oh, this is another mech with a couple of missile hardpoints and some laser hardpoints. Wanna, yeah, what, what am I going to do with this piece of, you know? Yeah. Junk? yeah. And the question <laughs> that starts to come out that, you know, why am I buying these mech packs if it's all yeah. the same? That's also a big deal when it comes to quantity. Yeah, absolutely. You called that the Incubus effect, Kit, where it was really hard to tell the variants apart from each other. Um, they're just washed in. I mean, can I say? Um, and my, these are my thoughts, but I just want to see whether it's the same for you guys. I thought this was actually a good thing. There's been a lot of talk about the fact that nothing good came out of um, this update. I actually think this is a positive thing, that they've reduced the, um, this, this pell-mell race to get mechs out every month. I think it will lead to more development time, and maybe, it, maybe the spin-off is, is that it helps faction play, like we are just talking about, gives them more devs on hand. But just generally speaking, it will make things a little bit more meaningful both in the mechs that get released so that they are a little bit more distinctive and you've got more time to enjoy them but obviously the other side to it is that for the company maybe it's a a, a vital saving in money because the return on investment just isn't there for that that uh, that monthly release you guys did you guys take it as a positive ultimately yeah i thought it was a good thing because as I've said before, like people are getting just spammed with mechs that are yeah. are similar or, you know, the questions pop up that, oh, what, what's the point of buying this? I already have this. You know, it, yeah. it seems no different. And I feel like this this will make things a little more interesting in terms of what they get back and what we get as players from them is that the content may become better because there's more time with it. They have time to work out all of the funky hitboxes before they throw something at us. Mm. And we don't have the conversation of, oh my goodness, the Hellbringer's out and it's all CT. Or the Sunspider's out and it's all CT. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they use the words like selective and sparing crowd favorites. I think that, that hopefully, is, uh, hopefully is, is, is what we get in the, in the long run. Because I agree with you, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of relentless. And, and like you say, I really enjoyed the the honesty. We kind of touched upon it, but that the honesty saying that um, it's been about a year since those mech packs were profitable. And reading between the lines, I, you'd say that some of those mechs were profitable and some of them weren't. And then overall, it's kind of somewhere in the middle. Hopefully, they've been ticking over with them. But generally speaking, it's not really worth the time by the sound of it. Um, I did I did think it was a bit of a... A PR spin to talk about. Hey, this is a good thing, guys. You know, we're not going to get mech packs anymore. But on the other hand, I don't. Yeah, you, you know, the death of MWO that everyone's. Uh, it seems like everyone's yelling. Game's dead. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Now? <laughs> like, honestly, how many times? <laughs> the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. But uh, yeah, I I don't see that as a game killer. I mean, if you, if if you think that, if you want to believe that that's that that's the, what's the word, the death snail. Yeah. If you want to believe that's the, if you want to believe that's the death snail for MechWarrior Online, well, go ahead. But in actual fact, nothing has really changed following this out update. It's probably the opposite. It's probably a sign of trying to increase survivability by not investing so much in that area. They're elongating the releases. You know, yeah. people will stick around a little longer for maybe oh, the, the Stone Rhino's coming out or yeah. the Bane is coming out. You know, those yeah. really fancy mechs people have always fantasized about playing in this game. 
maybe yeah. those become a reality. Exactly. And more people want to buy them as well because, you know, there's not, um, yeah. Hey, uh, I want to circle back to that question about whether the end is nigh, um, Captain Cat, but let's just talk uh, also about the other main tactic that they're going to look at for uh, monetization. Um, and it, it was twofold, but really what it came down to was about the world champs no longer being on site. Uh, and, you know, Russ talked about the kind of extra $100,000 plus that's involved in getting the teams there and facilitating that on-site competition. Uh, what did you guys think about that? For me personally, uh, I tended to think that was actually not a bad thing because it, it is quite an investment of money. But how did you guys feel about the choice to go from a on-site uh, world champs to, I guess Russ alluded to this player run uh, world champs? Well, I feel like it's a good and bad thing. Well, I'll start with a good thing. The good thing is that, you know, people from Europe, European players, AP players, you guys don't have to go all the way to Vancouver, you know, <laughs> with no sleep and, and try and fight people that... Hey, I'll go to Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> but trying to fight people from NA that have, you know, had, had rest, they're used to this time zone and stuff yeah. like that. Because that's, that's a really big deal in competition. You play tired, you play sloppy. And mm. that's, that's a really big deal in, in competitive scenes, not just here, but everywhere, really. And also, I, I hope that the the cost of all of the, the transportation and whatnot is redistributed back into the, yeah. the prize pool. So maybe we get a bigger prize pool this year. Who knows? Great, but great the, point. The bad thing is that, well, it's not really a bad thing, but it's a drawback, is that, you know, you can't meet these competitive players in person. You know, these people you've played with, the competitive players we all know, the streamers and whatnot. That may not happen, but I think... Yeah economically and physically i think it's worth it more than just having people to meet there yeah i, I was the same i agree with you there'd be some really good points particularly around that term redistribution I, I guess my question is and the bad point that you talked about about maybe not the same vibe or the chance for the community to get together and, and socialize would we see though a better world champs if it's player run and are we going to see a better comp scene in general if we maybe just have PGI facilitating some of the technical infrastructure and you're freeing it up to, you're outsourcing to the players to run the format, maybe the bulk of the marketing and all that kind of stuff? Do you think that's better overall or is taking it, taking World Champs away from Metcon, uh, are you saying, is PGI saying we don't care as much about comp? Better than stock mode? Yeah, definitely. So. Way better. <laughs> but I feel like it's a uh, it's a sign of things to come as like, okay, well, our our comp scene, you know, the things we wanted didn't go so well. So we're going to give it back to you and you run it this time. And I hope that that brings back a lot of the old people that have disappeared from MRBC, like um, what's his name? Bandit, MDM. Hopefully yeah. we see them come back and try and bring that MRBC stuff back because that's that's what people wanted. And they missed out last year. And now maybe this is the time to come back and say, yeah, this is coming back. Come back and play for us, please. Yeah, I, I am hopeful that they just give the player run um, groups and let's say MRBC is one. I happen to think MWO Comp are doing an outstanding job um, thus far. So they're probably another group that if they're not going to be involved, they should. If, if they're given the freedom and the support from uh, PGI, I think you will get a better product than um, if PGI were just running it off their own backs because you get people not only with the subject matter expertise, but with the passion, the knowledge, the time uh, to make it, make it successful, but it just hopefully PGI give them enough leash and the support that they need, whether that be through giveaways or redistribution or whatever, marketing in particular, uh, I hope that's there because, I mean, we talked about it in a recent podcast, Captain Cat, uh, around competition is a a gem that um, that PGI could invest in to help promote the game in general. And I don't think it would actually take a lot from them. They would only need to invest a small amount, you know, to, to really help the, the comp scene elevate. So, yeah, my, my worry is that it, it is a good deci decision to outsource it but they've also got to provide that necessary support to those player-run competitions. If they're making suggestions, for example, for uh, dev changes that are worth the investment, you know, to UIs or formats or, you know, 
if if the player run comp say comp needs to be conquest uh, faction play conquest and we need a comp like that that <laughs> that, that that's a possibility so yeah sorry get, get off stealing your ideas <laughs> yeah no well i mean if that idea gets out there and gets used i'd love that but that, that i i see what you're saying is that you know there's there's a few options in the lobby of to game modes and things that you can have but we're still missing a few i think faction play conquest would be a really interesting format for competitive play for example and but you can't currently run a lobby do it with that with that rule set and i think coming back to what you were saying like a good compromise between not having you know not flying all the players over to vancouver and all that kind of thing and yet supporting a, a, a world championship would be to put it on the screen, just um, phone it in, like have everybody, you know, play their finals while your while Metcon's going, and just just beam it in, it and you know, shark cast it, all that kind of stuff. It would cost you a hell of a lot less because you wouldn't have to fly everyone there. You wouldn't need all the computers. You wouldn't need all the bloody 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 referees and all that junk. Um, but it would still show that you do care about the world championship and it. It is supported by PGI, and it is a part of what makes MechCon good. That you know, we're the highest level of play in MechWarrior is being shown on the screen, and you can shout at the screen and shout for your favorite <laughs> team and all that stuff. Spam chat, <laughs> yeah. yeah, spam chat, slow That's mode. Good... <laughs> yeah, I you you've you summed it up perfectly cat there in a, in a couple of words in that you said that you hoped pgi is still care and that's what i want i enjoy comp even though i'm not very good at it but i enjoy being taking part of it and i just hope that pgi still care and that they still provide the support through um publicizing you know supporting the um thing and they do it to a degree now don't get me wrong but if they were to hand world champs over to, to mrbc or mwo comp or a combination of those guys that they also support it by you know asking sean lang to put a team in you know asking key street you know really really promoting it and saying to hey beer you know we know that you're a, um you're already part of a comp team but hey could you start up a, a comp team you know with some of your viewers or you know just engage in these other strategies that is going to promote comp that'd be a really good idea it's hard i think it would be hard, it's hard for pgi to assess the value of comp and and especially potentially to assess the value of it at metcon yeah because it's not it's not where they get their paycheck you know, the pe- people just buying netpacks and things and, and buying colors and stuff is what gives them money. And that's you know, only tangentially related to, to competitive mode. And I think a lot of the, the positives that you're sort of, you can see, Cozen, are intangibles. Yeah, and it, it is hard to quantify those intangibles to say that it's worth the investment. But I guess probably my, I agree with you and my only count would be it wouldn't actually require a lot of investment for those intangibles you know it's probably stuff that they they already do a good job i think in supporting streamers and content creators uh, but they just kind of need to also make that comp specific but yeah it's metcon and that entire thing is basically publicity it's not a money maker for them so yeah it's just asking that question to say that are we going to spend some some pub money, some publicity money in comp? And yeah, personally, I think it, it would be worth it because I don't think it would it would cost much. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's just whether the the intangibles there are are um, able to to generate some return on investment for them. What I'm what I'm re- really saying is, I hope that they know that it's worth it. Like I hope that they have actually assessed those intangibles and gone, well, actually, you know, this is not just a thorn in our side. <laughs> this uh, comp scene thing. It's not just like a an extra thing that we have to do, like an irritating job. It's actually worth our time to to support this stuff. And I, I mean, it, you know, it's been alluded to, but they do support the the comps with all the rewards and things that you get for the player run competitions, and that is not and not in not insignificant amount of um, game content MC and things like hundreds of thousands of MC being distributed out. It's you know equivalent to a lot of real money, so there is that. It's not so much that, and I'm a PGI great in that term support. It's just um the the publicity getting the hype behind it. I think it's a uh, it's a scene we want to grow, uh, and the prizes are great, but I don't necessarily know if they're good methods for growth in the scene. Uh, whereas you know by by publicising and and um you know marketing 
uh, the comp scene and those players and stuff is the best chance for and having a, a healthy eSport is the best chance to kind of grow into new markets and get more people playing. So that, that would be great. Um, and, you know, outsourcing it to a player-run comp is a good step. I think that's really, really good. Um, and, yeah, hopefully that uh, it's not a sign that they just don't care as much about comp. Right, so that's we've, we've covered off those two specific points, um, but both of those were brought up really in the context of monetization. And uh, I guess that's something that I'm keen particularly for yourself, Bear, to get your feedback on. Uh, and let's start off with that topic that um, Kat talked about before. Uh, monetization is about saving costs. Uh, Russ stated unequivocally uh, that MechWarrior Online uh, is not necessarily self-sufficient, uh, that it is potentially already or will have to run off the tails of the success uh, of mercenaries. Uh, and I think that probably got a lot of alarm bells ringing for people. They were worried about the fact that if it's not self-sufficient, um, is it going to be on the chopping block? If not now, uh, then when? Uh, is what we heard yesterday a sign that they're going to start to phase out MechWarrior because the money's not in it? I would almost say yes, but I would almost say no, because things are they're, they're trying to slow down that process of you know death, basically, by you know, sparingly separating the, the mech packs, you notice things are getting a little more elongated in terms of, of money. And I feel like it's it's just a step to compensate for maybe a mech pack here, we get something instead, or you know, the the idea of a subscription would would come into play is that where one mech pack isn't or two mech packs aren't, there's, you know, this monthly piece of of something coming in to sort of egg on the process to the end i guess that would be a good way to put it but if if a subscription were to happen it it would cause a lot of change to happen in game especially on the monetary side of things we see in game like mech bays new mechs coming out like mm. the entire concept of mc would have to disappear in order mm. for subscriptions to work and that's a really big deal because you know people panicked as soon as he said subscription everyone went reed it was amazing yeah i think that was an example of russ speaking out of turn i yeah. think that was an example of russ going off script to just be like oh we've, you know we could do some idea and then just throwing out an idea which is not at all cooked you know it's mm. it hasn't had any time of of consideration really and because Bombardier was quite quick to be like, oh, just remember, guys, he's not talking about what we're going to do. Yeah, it's yeah, just, just you know, thought, blah, blah. But, that <laughs> yeah. but everybody was like... <gasps> <laughs> I mean, it does it does pose the question, uh, and uh, I guess probably what you're getting at there, Bearclaw, is that um, some changes to the monetization strategy may mean some significant changes in-game. Uh, I mean, was that your read as well, Captain Cat? And if you don't think it's a bit going to be subscription, what do you think might happen in what kind of time frame? might we look at well i mean there, there is a lot of content in the game already uh so the this the things that have been developed and put in the game already are robert i mean possibly enough to keep mech warrior ticking over for a long long time in terms of you know colors camos bolt-ons premium mechs that are already in the game i mean iv4s must be a real uh, money spinner for them and um Slipnias, things like that Viragos, <laughs> that'll that'll keep that'll keep the game that that'll keep the servers on for a while, and then beyond that, I think that they are a small studio. I'm yeah. A lot of this a lot of this conversation really comes down to whether you believe what was said or not, whether you think that they were being disingenuous or not, and I tend to believe what they said. I mean, I think that it was cached uh, or couched inside. A bit of PR spin and sort of how are we going to present this information in a way that's not going to make people freak out. But I, I, I do think that they were, you know, I, I did find their honesty refreshing. I did find, and I did believe it was honest. So I, I think as a small studio, they are really genuinely not sure what's going to happen after September when MechWarrior 5 com comes out. Is it going to be, if it's successful, then the studio will be successful. If it's not, that could be it, and that's and that the going forward, this the life of MechWarrior Online is really, uh, I believe, dependent on the success of that title. 
Bea, do you think the community maybe overreads this stuff? I mean, Captain Cat was saying that he, he tended to believe what PGI said. Uh, is there a bit of PTSD where the community overreads these things because they feel as though they haven't been that they've been dishonest in the past or disingenuous, uh, you know, are these calls that the death knell has sounded because of that, that the community are just worried? I, I always feel like when this question comes up or when concerns like this happen, it, it's always a, a double-edged sword because on one side you have people, as soon as Russ says anything related to what they're thinking, it's it's over. The bells and whistles are off. Everybody's running for the hills. And then you've got the other side of that is like, okay, I'm cool with this. I fully support this. And there's, there's, a, there's a lot of missing middle ground of where people are like, okay, I can, I can sift through all the minutia of this, all this stuff going around what they're saying. And I can, I can take this with a grain of salt and say, okay, they, they don't know what they're doing, but I'm here and I can respect that they're talking to us. They're giving us mm. information about what the situation is. Yeah. And I think that that part of, you know, where, where the two fields end is that that's the critical thing that this community is kind of lacking. I think, it, I think it's very amusing that um, it's the same people who have advocated for a long time not to buy mech packs that are freaking out about yeah, the right. death of mech packs. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> we'll teach PGI, just stop buying mech packs. Oh my God, they're not selling mech packs. <laughs> and it's a, a really good point, Bear, that, um, you know, yeah, particularly we do tend to hear from the extremes, uh, either the uh, preppers uh, that think that the end is always nigh and, and they read any sign uh, as something that they should... Uh, run into their bunkers about uh, and then yeah particularly at the other end there's more the shills um, or the all the people that will, will always think that it's going to be fine um, even till the day that it falls on their head but the reality is most people are in the middle um, they can sift through and they can understand that you know PGI maybe need to weigh up the options uh, I think that there are a lot of options to keep the game alive uh, moving forward I mean what they've done and what they announced yesterday were two methods to help them save money and that may be huge money savers for them. It might be that just by reducing that cycle and by not paying for uh, the on-site world champs, that might go most of the way to helping MechWarrior be sustainable for years. So, you know, this, yesterday's probably a good sign that those are the type of choices that they're making and they're actually both probably pretty positive. Definitely. I feel like the, uh, the subscription idea was just maybe, maybe Russ should have mentioned and maybe if the other two options don't work out as a last resort, we'll switch to yeah. subscription. <laughs> yeah, that would have gone a little better. I find subscription a bit more palatable. To be fair, I, if uh, if you were to pay, depending on the cost, of course, but if you were paying, you know, five or ten bucks a month, uh, and you know, you're not having to pay for for mech packs or something like that, uh, or or MC, then it might work out. But I didn't think it was too kind of an online service, or, you know, or game as a live service, which is kind of the new model. Really yeah. depends on what you get yeah exactly I, th I think if you predict the death of MechWarrior online for long enough eventually you're going to be right so yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's been yeah. years now and it's and it's actually doing pretty well like yeah. month to month it's pretty stable um because the people that are here still enjoy the game or at least <laughs> are in some sort of Stockholm syndrome and keep playing yeah, <laughs> or a bad but, relationship they can't get out of. I hear that yeah. a lot. <laughs> well, there's, there's there's nothing to just migrate to. That's exactly. that's a big that's part difficulty. Yeah, that scratches yeah. an itch that there's not another game you can just go and tinker with the mech in the mech lab and then go and fire, use it to shoot people in the face. It, there isn't something like that. I mean, that's that's key context. Game cat's a really good point in the fact that. We, we don't necessarily consider that context, that uh, it has a niche, uh, you know, that it is pretty well supported. And even though it might not be completely self-sufficient, it may not be far off uh, and it may, not met, it may not need that much life support to stay on, at least in its, its current form. So, you know, the changes that need to be made around monetization may not need to be huge and it's not going to suddenly catapult it into one of these predatory um, mobile free-to-play type models 
Uh, you know, we, you know, you talked about Anthem, and there's there's a ton at the moment that um, anything by EA, uh, you know, it's, we're we're not gonna end up with something like that. I I did find it pretty cringy how they the really obvious kind of please go and buy a mech pack, guys. Maybe you want to. Maybe now's a good time to go mech pack and and the and the please buy mech warrior five guys because uh, yeah, game's dead otherwise. Kind of you know, I I that did make me feel uncomfortable. It did make me feel like I was being manipulated or that that could be maybe have been put better or even left unsaid. Yeah, yeah it felt like a sob story at that point. Yeah, it's an interesting subtext. I, I didn't get that as much. I mean, expand on that a little bit more, Captain Kid. I mean, what, um, you know, why do you think it was just maybe uh, not a good communication method or were they trying to drum up sales or? Like I said, it just felt cringy to me. To be like, well, maybe now's a good time to go buy a mech pack, guys. <laughs> you know, it was, um, yeah, it, it didn't come off well. And I could already hear the, the screeching uh, mm-hmm. off in the distance Yeah, about being asked to do that. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it was smart in that I don't think it would be a particularly successful move. I don't think anyone's going to go out and buy a mech pack because you, t- you asked them to. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that kind of jokes, not joking um, type approach was, was maybe a little bit out of place. As I said, I didn't pick it up as much, but um, yeah, maybe it was just a way of trying to soften or make the other stuff that they were saying a little bit more palatable. You know, maybe generally their message was, hey, continue to support the game. We want you to continue to support it, but it just came off, yeah, maybe a little bit cringy with you, as you were saying, Kim. Did you pick it up, Bear? I mean, did you pick that up as well? Did you find that it was a little bit kind of, you know, buy a pack jokes, not jokes. Yeah, it was sort of like tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. It was a, maybe he was making a joke or trying to be, trying to really influence us. I I, I wouldn't know because I've, I've kind of detached myself from that idea of, oh yeah, whatever Russ says, I'll do. Like, I'm, I'm past that. I'm, mm. I'm a little smarter about things now is that when people say things, I tend to, tend to look around before I start jumping into things. Yeah, that's, that's a good method for anything. Otherwise, you just kind of end up uh, listening to people that have already got your own opinion. So you don't, uh, it's, it's hard to kind of see both sides to it. Yeah, it's sort of a, a method of control indirect. All right. So, I mean, that's a little bit about the monetization uh, and whether we think the end is near. Uh, I don't think it is. And I, I get the impression that uh, you guys don't think it is either. So uh, if MechWarrior Online does continue, what do you think these changes might mean for the game? You know, a year from now, if we're looking back on this conversation, do you think that it's going to just putter along and there's only going to be small changes? Or, you know, is it just going to plateau? Or do you think that uh, by peering back on some of the stuff like the mech packs, we might get better quality stuff either in the new mech pack releases or faction play gets better? Does it free up time for them to do a better job at the game right now? I would almost say that we might not get much until MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries is out because once once that's released, it's kind of a weight off their shoulders. They can sort of return to this uh, this game and clear off a few more things that needed to be finalized and sort of let it sit for now. It really depends on how Mech 5 does, dependent mm-hmm. on if they come back or if they, they stay with Mech 5 is because, like like Russ said, it's riding on the coattails now. So the issue becomes, if if what's, what's keeping up the coattails fails, then we're stuck. We're dead in the water. Nothing mm-hmm. can be done. But I feel like when when they get Mech 5 out of the door, and they they get this weight off their shoulders, I think they can come back and revisit some little details that they missed out, you know, first time through. Or maybe we get that engine upgrade. I, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, hopefully near September we get a better picture of where MechWarrior Online sits in terms of that. I mean, there's a ton of changes that you could make to existing mechs, you know, like quirks and all that kind of stuff to make them, you know, more purchasable and all of those kind of things. Uh, Ken and Joshi, I, I see in chat, suggested that you could make up new versions of mech packs where you sell existing mechs, you know, as a foursome or something like the dropship deals. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that could uh, require just a tiny bit of input um, dev-wise. Uh, Captain Cat, I mean, 
what do you think future wise what 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 might we see with this uh, new monetization strategy yeah and I th- so when was the original uh dev stream announcement supposed to be with uh in relation to the patch it was going to be the same week originally right yeah it was the 24th of may because i think that that timing would have been much better i think that this chat would have been much more palatable if if they had been able to say look here's the patch notes for this week and you know we're gonna put mechware into maintenance mode if you want to call it that and here's the mech pack that's coming out next month you know so people could have a feel that what they were saying in terms of slowing things down we've had a what is it one or two months without a mech pack we're kind of due a mech pack maybe you could say based on what they've told us it would have made it would have given people a bit more confidence in what they were saying i think to be told look we're not we're going to release mech packs now and then here's the next one probably going to the next it's probably going to be a couple of months until we do another one here's the patch notes my instinct is that the patches will continue fairly similar to what we've seen so far this year sort of small changes whether they'll be monthly patches or not i'm not sure but i think that they will continue doing them uh, i hope they will continue with the mech packs now and then just to, to to flavor it up i think something that's really important for a game of mechware online is to shake the meter up now and then with some you know weapons value changes I don't think that there's a right answer to weapon balancing. I think that what makes it interesting is having sort of sweeping changes come through now and then that make you reassess your mech lab and think, well, what's good now? And it, I think that's crucial to the success of Mechware Online going forward is to have those shakeups now and then. And if we stop getting those, then the gameplay is going to get really stale and those mechs that are good now are going to be good forever. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Bear. I think uh, everything will depend on the success of, of Mercenaries, and I think that they're pretty much holding off making any major decisions uh, until they see how that goes. I mean, if they hit that million unit mark, uh, which it sounded like that was a goal for um, Russ, depending, you know, uh, based on previous sales of, of uh, MechWarrior games, uh, then yeah, it, it may mean that they have a better idea of kind of what. A magnitude of support that they can give MechWarrior and, and yeah it may mean that it's lean change wise uh, for a little bit uh, but uh, if mercenaries are successful uh, then they can maybe sit down and um, you know invest some more time in MechWarrior online and um, yeah and then there's probably lots of methods uh, that they could use to you know as you were saying Kat you know to uh, shake up the meta to keep things fresh to keep people playing um, Hopefully the events keep uh, rolling out. I mean, it's. Uh, do you think that'll be still be a big part of it? Oh, definitely. And I noticed that the, the events they like the first one. I think it was by Matt Newman where where he had a little apology. Sorry for the bad things. Yeah. Where uh, like the they were influencing playstyle, right? And I, I harped on this for a little while because you know suddenly the matchmaker breaks when the event pops up, oh, 100 MC for LRM damage. You see a ton yeah. of LRM. That, that just drives me nuts. And yeah. I'm not the only one about that. But yeah. you know, another event rolls along, and it's just it's just get enough damage, match score, you know, kills, assists, and that kind of thing. I hope that continues, because yeah. when they, they try and do this mech-based stuff, it becomes an issue of, oh, no, Lermageddon 2.0 for a week and it's just yeah it's, it's very frustrating when that happens i was saying to captain cat the other day because uh, he was just you know giving some thoughts on the rifleman i was just saying it's hard to judge at this point because so many people are running riflemen because they've just been released and there's an event so you know even a mech pack um suddenly collapses the matchmaker as well beer because you've got you know 10 riflemans <laughs> in, a, in a group so yeah these riflemans are no good against other riflemans yeah, and and to be to to come back to what you were saying, Bear, as well, it doesn't doesn't take much to make a Lumageddon. I mean, sure, the missile damage one makes the Lumageddon, but then any kind of match score one makes Lumageddon yep. as well. Because it's the easiest definitely. way for people to go out and farm a bunch <laughs> yeah. of match scores. Uh, I'm not good. I'll just yeah yeah, we'll just throw out a bunch of LRMs and I'll get the match score. No worries. All right, so I think there's probably, I mean, we're probably all confident that there's lots of ways that they can still uh, keep the game fresh uh, without the kind of 
uh, injection of co- constant content via the mech packs uh, and you know even uh, taking the world champs away from uh, on-site at Metcon may end up being a real positive, um, hopefully not only for the world champs, hopefully we see a, a format that's really thought through and, and um, considered, uh, but maybe an uh, increase in the popularity of comp as well, that would be a, a great offshoot uh, by outsourcing it to the players. So overall guys, what were your thoughts? Um, just to finish up, uh, were you happy with what you heard yesterday? You know, what, what, uh, what impressions are you left with? Um, after that update uh, i was pleasantly surprised for for a very long time you know i've I've been constantly criticizing and, and disappointed in this game but this was a, a bit of a, a refresher you know to hear the the straightforward honesty about it about the situation to be informed about what's happening ideas i thought that was really cool what they did now the question is what's going to happen you know they've said things yeah. now let's see what their actions are and that's that's where I dictate whether it was good or bad is dependent on the end result. And I think yes. uh, Russ mentioned this at, at the end of the podcast when they were saying their goodbyes was like, I, I can't convince you, but you know, I hope you stick around to see it's, it's good fruits or, or whatever. I don't know. Sorry, tangent, but yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Actions speak louder than words. And you're exactly right. Russ said, the only thing we can do is make a good game that you enjoy. You know, it doesn't matter what we say. Captain, your thoughts? I think it was, um, I agree with Beckler that it was refreshing. On the other hand, I, I, I was sad to hear, you know, that things are going to change. I was, I'm worried too, because we don't know what that means. Like it's not explicit yet, you know, how often these infrequent mech packs are going to come out. Um, like we just were talking about what those patch patches are going to contain, how, how, sort of how much content we're going to get each month in the form of patching, what the f- changes and updates to faction play, how far reaching they'll be, or whether it'll just be sort of finessing what's already there. There's just a lot of uncertainty, I guess, in that, and I am a little bit um, dejected and, and, and nervous about that, if I'm being honest, beyond the, beyond the honesty and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think both of those um, viewpoints are valid. Uh, I tend to be a little bit of each, to be honest, not to sit on the fence, but I certainly understand yours, Captain Cap, um, and that and it feeds into what you were saying, Beerclaw, that this could be an announcement that does mean that things aren't going to get better, but if it is an announcement that means that they're going to pay attention to places that, they, that need to be and that they are going to follow through the, the, these things, we actually may end up with a better product, even though they're taking some stuff away. Uh, but by the same token, Captain Kit, if they if there's any apathy or inattention to stuff, um, if they don't quite hit the mark, say with faction play or, or some of these other things, if if patches continue to ignore crucial parts of the game that need to be changed, um, you know we could be starting to to wind down with uh, player population and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it, it could be a major positive or it could be a negative and, and I think it'll come down to exactly what you said, Bear, uh, about what kind of follow-through we get and what kind of actions we see uh, based on, on these changes. And also, I think um, the other aspect of this is is how the community will react and what, what we'll see in the coming days and weeks. Um, I think we're going to have a few more public exits of the game. I mean, Beef's already said that was his last MechWarrior online stream. He always comes back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I I think that we're going to see a bit more like that, yeah. and that'll be that'll shake people up as well to see that happen. And people, uh, we've seen it, it. It's almost like a meme now. We've seen it so many times that people being like, ah, "I'm out, fuck you all, I'm out." And they then, come right back. and then, uh, and that, what's that? Come right back afterwards. <laughs> well, and then that influences other people in the game because they are influencers to use that horrible word uh they are you know community leaders and people think that that's what must be what everybody's doing everybody's jumping ship i guess i'll hang my helmet up too yeah it's it's um it's often the case that people think the loudest opinions are the ones that are most commonly held uh, which is not always the case Uh, to be fair though that's probably one thing that um pgi could do is they could try and get ahead of it to some degree and, and, you know, at least communicate some reassurances or have key people or key influences 
you know, giving giving some positive messages to counteract that. I mean, you know, Beef, I enjoy Beef's stream, but he does uh, cater to a certain segment of the community, probably a, a generally more salty um, segment of the community. So, you know, he's probably influencing a portion of the community that would already be cynical um, about it. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting, but it, it is a good point, Kat, to see, um, you know, what we see out in the community. And it's certainly something that PGI should, um, you know, be, be trying to get ahead of and manage manage the pub. I think we can take a little bit of heart in the, the healthiness of comp to, to bring it around in a little bit of a circle that we've had, you know, two player run comps in the last couple of months, uh, MOR and then ISC with like 32 teams, which is up from previous competitions. And it, it, as long as comp stays healthy, uh, then I think that's a really good um, bellwether or, you know, mind canary to <laughs> the health of the game that there's people who still care there's people who still want to play and you know try hard and all those kind of things that um the game's going to stay alive as long as that's true all right uh beer was there anything that uh, you wanted to finish up with before we signed off uh no that was it awesome well hey man it was so good to talk to you today to get your opinion on all of this um obviously you've uh, got a really really good take uh on the game in general um and certainly what we saw yesterday so Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, please be sure to tell us what you think. Uh, leave some comments in the comments field below. Uh, flick us an email, email, or of course, tune into Beer Claws streams and talk to him uh, about how you are thinking about those changes. Otherwise, we'll catch you next time. Bye, Mick Pack. Sequence initiated.